All right, welcome back to the Physical Athletics Podcast. I'm Adrian Broadus here. Uh, I'm joined by Armando Aguilar, Director of Strength and Conditioning at Physical Athletics. Also joined by Ruben Archuleta of AIC Supplements. He's back in the in the chair, ready for episode two right here. Hey, hey guys, thanks again for coming back. And uh, episode two, we're ready to rock and roll. Yes, Let's sir. Get it. Thank Round you, number two. Yeah, the first first one was fun. I mean, it was just kind of introducing everybody to what we're doing, and uh, I'm really excited because I think I think now we're we're gonna get a good roadmap of everything going on in the world, being more topical on this podcast, and just kind of engaging with the athletes that you guys deal with on a day to day basis. I think that's gonna be a really cool thing about this too. Yeah, yes, sir. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, so let's jump into today's conversation because I think it's a it's a topical one. Let's just get right into it. It's it's uh, involving COVID nineteen and the pandemic we're currently dealing with right now. I think it's really topical because as you're seeing here locally, uh, case, cases in El Paso are really surging, and it's it comes at an alarming rate, especially because um, we were doing so well in the summer, at least at the late part of going down, especially uh, even into double digit numbers from triple digits on a daily basis for active cases, but uh, hospitalizations are at an all-time high, active cases are at an all-time high, positive cases continue to go here locally. So, I mean, guys, I'll, I'll throw it back to you. How, how have you seen it been here locally in El Paso? It doesn't seem like it's been uh, mass chaos yet, like everybody's ready to shut down everything, but it just it does still seem like, you know, this virus is out there and it's it's really active. Yeah, I mean, we've. Uh, I was just watching a video last night of um, we made it to the national news. Yeah. Uh, we had a uh, what was it a five hundred percent increase in uh, in cases. I mean, that's I, you know, I want El Paso to break records, but that's not yeah. <laughs> that's not really what <laughs> no. I was thinking of. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's that that's insane to to see that kind of increase in such a short period of time, uh, which leads to I mean hopefully it doesn't lead to a shutdown again because then everything gets canceled we're going back to you know possibly quarantine and and of course you know sports will be canceled gyms closed uh, restaurants everything so I, I I hope we get this thing under control uh, but these next couple of weeks are gonna be really we're gonna what are gonna determine whether we're gonna you know we're gonna shut everything down uh, as far as sports and uh, you know, of course, that, that's up to uh, the city, but uh, New Wales, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I, I think with El Paso being one of a kind minded, especially um, once we hear like, oh, yeah, numbers are going down, blah, blah, blah. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, this thing's going over, <laughs> you know, and, you know, I know I had friends and you have friends that, you know, we're going out still into the bars yeah. and things like that. And so I think once, like I said, is once they heard oh, yeah, things are going back to normal, blah, blah, blah. I stopped paying attention to the news, man. I just it was messing with my mind. So I, I think that's really what it was. Everyone just started, you know, forgetting about it and most importantly tired of it. Yeah, you say uh, me messing with your mind. I mean, um, before we even talk about the underlying health conditions that this virus could have on a person's body, 
just the mental toll that it's taken oh, on everybody. I mean, especially some of these athletes who you guys have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. I mean, athletes are, they know what they do and that is working on their craft, competing in games. And if you take that away from them, especially how it was kind of taken from them at the beginning of this year, or at, especially extending into the middle of this year, into the summer uh, with so much uncertainty, it's, it's pretty tough for these athletes and it's mentally exhausting. I mean, even me, personally I you know you you have to work a little bit harder uh, during the pandemic because you kind of have to spend more time being detail oriented and it really is truly something that that calls upon those who uh, gosh you have to be mentally strong and it, it's really wearing at times you know oh, absolutely yeah no I, I I agree you know this this you 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 go into you go into places and and you're just not going in there you know say you go to the grocery store wherever you go uh, you're constantly worried about, especially if you know someone who is immunocompromised. So if you have, if you have a, if you have a small child, or if you have a, a grandparent, or you've, if you live uh, with uh, uh, older relatives, you know grandparents and such, uh, you kind, you kind of keep that in back of your head and and think, you know, I could get it. And of course, I don't know what effects it's going to have on me. I could be asymptomatic, or I could be, you know, really bad, and I could end up going to the hospital. But of course, who you're going to uh, possibly come in contact with so it's it's really uh, for me it's been s- that's the level of stress um, that I think most people have been dealing with and and for those that perhaps don't have to think about those things or they don't live with those people uh, maybe they've been a little bit more relaxed about it and you know when you're young you know you think that's not going to happen to me I'll be okay until it actually happens to you or uh, your brother your sister your mom dad you know someone gets it uh, I remember at the very 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 beginning when this this whole thing started and and of course you know we were being careful with the masks and and washing our hands and I remember the first few weeks you know my hands from washing uh, my hands were so raw from washing my hands so often you know it, it got to a point where I think one time I, I put a uh, the uh, hand sanitizer and actually burned my hands because they were so raw so Yikes. yeah, it was it was it was really bad. But when you're just constantly, you know, you touch a bar, you touch keys, handles, and boom, you go to the restroom, you wash your hands, and again and again and again and again. So it just it just gets more and more stressful. And I think over time, it's like Ruben said, it, you know, it, it's not one of those one of those things where it's out of sight, out of mind. But you're right. Maybe some people just tune the the news off and went back to work and you know I'm, I'm just going to focus on, on what I need to do and, and go home so I think maybe some people did uh, start disregarding that and, and uh, just weren't paying attention to it as much and felt like you know we're, we're doing okay if you're not watching the news but once you turn on the news it's oh there's a spike here there's a spike there yeah. so once you see that and then of course you see the increase here and if you have relatives that you know did test positive or friends then it just that you know sounds the alarm again it's oh it's coming back or i mean it's not that it's it's never been there but it's it's coming back the way that we the way it was before and it's coming back even worse so i know my mom um she's still a little like paranoid about the the whole virus and things like that so she doesn't go to public gyms or or stuff and i tell her i'm like look the the more you isolate yourself like you know you're not active as much i mean you're sitting down all day you have to be active you know, so I started getting on her about uh, little home workouts and things like that. And I think those are one of the biggest things is when the, on our first shutdown is when everything was like closed. 
man, I, I know a bunch of people that uh, that picked up a lot of weight, that picked up a lot of bad habits and things like that. And it's kind of sad, man, because, you know, like I said, people lost jobs, money. Like, there's a stress that was added to our community and people's lives that, you know, it's like, how did they... I, I'm honestly glad it, on the health side that physical was open because, I mean, it, it is a gray area, and that's why it, it, I did not, you know, gain weight or it didn't really affect me that way. But I know a bunch of friends that haven't been the same since that. Wow. And it's kind of sad. Now, in the same, what do you mean? Like, just kind of same day-to-day, like how they used to operate? After yeah, man. Like, uh, I know a bunch of people that picked up, you know, a lot of bad habits, drinking more than usual because you know they lost their jobs you know uh, i know a bunch of uh people that some even lost their cars wow. uh they couldn't pay rent you know things like that the stimulus checks didn't really they used it on bad stuff that they shouldn't have used it on like you know it's little things like that and it's like well i mean this is the world we live in now and it's like man like th- that's how you know it the pandemic got got to you mentally is when you're doing choices like that you know so i mean i salute those that went strong to the, throughout the pandemic and, you know, kept their same mindset. So, yeah, man, it's, just, it's sad to see. Man, let's not start on a, on such a doom and gloom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sorry. Too I, early. Yeah, I, I didn't mean to go uh, that dark, but it's just like, I hate this thing, bro. I, yeah. I, really, I really do. He's, he's just really bummed that Halloween was canceled. So. <laughs> I get to like, use my costume. That's right. <laughs> what was going no, to be your costume? Uh, Joker. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna be Joker, the one from um, from uh, it's not the Batman one, the Suicide Squad. Oh, okay. okay. The, yeah. uh, Jared, so you don't have to Jared worry Lito? too much about yeah. putting too much makeup on on yourself. Exactly. Right? Yeah, <laughs> it was cool, man. He's a classy, but still oh, cool dude. <laughs> <laughs> you have a costume major? No, I, I wish I did. You know, I, I kind of thought that Halloween would be can't. Well, usually on Halloween, I'm always covering some sort of sport or something. So right. usually my Halloween is spent by going to a high school game. This year, it'll be at a UTEP game during the afternoon. But it's sad, man. I mean, it's sad not, not doing the things that we're so used to doing. Yep. It's sad not seeing fans at high school stadiums. And it's sad to see players and coaches and teams having to quarantine and postpone and uh, do all their stuff. I mean, look at UTEP. Sometimes it could come even outside of your control. This past weekend, the Miners had their game canceled because... Southern uh, Miss, right? Yeah, Southern, Southern Miss, Miss had, had actually <clears throat> some positive COVID-19 cases internally. So they really? felt like, oh, let's not let's not board a plane because um, if we board a plane, if we go over there, there could be contact tracing. And of course, they, were, they ended up being right because to, uh, yesterday their head coach tested positive again so i mean now you're starting to see the ripple effects of it and you're seeing the the covid19 outbreaks that happen within these organizations and of course i mean it's football you're around people it's Mm -hmm. sports you're around people you're you're it's a team sport it's not like you're doing a kind of an olympic sport where it's more individual base or, or something like that but i mean even i mean going back to you guys um take me through take me through like what you guys have seen in terms of the fitness side of things because i i know i mean i saw it as soon as the pandemic hit it seemed like everybody was out out there active and stuff and maybe it's a little bit of a decline from that maybe people are back in gyms not really sure but i I mean i try at least or this pandemic has woke me up to uh prioritizing my own health as as far as outside of work and um all the activities i do Mm -hmm. um i mean you know with uh Coming back from from that whole uh, the quarantine and and uh, uh, athletes not being able to do to do much, uh, 
when they came back, a lot of them were, of course, as you know, as I expected to be uh, really out of shape, uh, deconditioned, uh, detrained. And so for a lot of them, it was, the first week or two was, was a rough week. Uh, but of course I had a plan for that. Uh, I, I did adjust most of my training uh, for athletes, especially the younger ones. Uh, I took them through more of a developmental program and that's just based on some of the guidelines that have come out from uh, uh, two, two uh, associations. One, of the, one is the CSCCA, uh, the, certifi- uh, the Collegiate Strength and Conditioning uh, Coaches Association. The other one is the NSCA, uh, National Strength and Conditioning Association. So they, they put out some guidelines uh, as far as returning to, return to training, uh, as far as what kind of, uh, how much volume you should be doing, how many times a week you know, athletes should be training. So when I would have uh, new athletes coming in, you know, asking, you know, we want to sign up to the program, of course, what do you recommend as far as how many times a week should we train? And I'm, yeah, I'm telling them no more than three times and let's spread them out, wow. especially in, in, you know, after my assessment, usually that's, that's when we, we talk about, you know, what are your goals and uh, what questions do you have? And then I would ask them questions of, you know, what did you do during this time? Uh, you know, any, any injuries, of course, did you get it? You know, because then that presents a whole other, uh, uh, level of issues uh, that, that comes with it. So if, if they didn't have it, that's great. Then I I just have to look at them in, as uh, just a beginner athlete who's just you know out of shape, <clears throat> not as strong. But for my returning athletes, the ones who are, who just kept you know they were training, 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 and then they stopped during that time period. Uh, then of course it was uh, them coming back, me adjusting the the training that that they were supposed to do, and just. A lot of questions. How are you feeling today? You know, how are you sore? I use a lot of uh, as soon as they come, they come in. What kind of uh, are they ready to work out? Are they energized? Are they are they talkative? What's their demeanor? What's their body language? Mm-hmm. And how sore they are? Uh, I can use a lot of those things to determine what we can do that day. And I might just readjust things right there on the fly. If, you know, even if I have a plan for that day, I may need to readjust it just based on on how these athletes are are, are, are recovering. So, uh, for for the athletes, you know, coming back, it was it was uh, it was it was it was very interesting. You know, because they 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 finished training and then they <laughs> and then they they stopped. They they came back and it was somewhat of a I don't want to say. It got them down a little bit, but it's it's kind of depressing to see when you know I was doing all this and I was able to run and, and yeah. do this much weight and and now I'm coming back and like Ruben said they you know they they picked up some some bad habits and you know you're stuck at home you're eating uh, things that you probably shouldn't be eating you're not working out as much so you're gaining some weight so it took a few weeks for them to to get back into into the groove of things and then after that it was it was just fine uh, for the new ones you know it's just right off the bat square one and then just keep going keep going from there mm-hmm. it kind of sucks man i'm telling you because i know a bunch of athletes that were going into peak like going into the season strong and when the <clears throat> the first quarantine hit like they just i mean they stopped working out so when they came back you know you could kind of see it in their faces i'm talking about like high school athletes and yeah. things like that and they're like man i hate the pandemic like it it really washed me out and it's like i could just see the frustration in their face and i'm like damn like that yeah. sucks, you know? And we're so used to routines. That's the problem. Jeez, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I know it messed with a lot of routines as well. I mean, it did for, with mine for a little bit because, I mean, 
you couldn't go out to eat. You couldn't, I mean, things like that, that kind of like took my mind off a lot of stuff. I had no other choice but to sit there and like think about like, well, if I go here, am I going to put myself in this because of grandma or because of my mom? Like, you know, things like that. So like, it, it kind of was like, oh, you, I can't think about myself anymore. I can't think about my, my grandparents, uh, my, my, my parents. So yeah, man, I'm mean, it's a tough situation. Got to do a lot of strategic uh, moving. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And uh, Armando, back to you with with some of these play or some of these athletes who come back who may have contracted it. Let's talk first about the asymptomatic people who may have not experienced any sort of symptoms or anything that really affected them as a result of COVID nineteen. And you've you have dealt with people at the gym uh, who had contracted the virus at some point. What do the people who are asymptomatic are they able to come right back in and just kind of pick up where they left off, or do they even have some struggles at times uh i haven't had anyone that contracted and was asymptomatic uh i had just i was telling ruben the other day uh just recently had a little girl who unfortunately did get it uh and so she's been she's been gone for about three three weeks more or less and she's a she's a volleyball player she's about 13 years old and uh, I was talking to uh, to her mom, and you know she got she got better, and mom was obviously expressing concern with with uh, her going back to to training. Not because she was scared that she was going to get it again, because she actually got it at school. Uh, but she was worried because when they would go just on afternoon walk, she was she was panting. I mean, she was she was it took that kind of effect where she was she would go on a walk and and she was uh, out of breath. So with, with those athletes, uh, it's, it's not only going back to square one, but it's, it's going to be uh, somewhat of a different program for them. Uh, I can't do the same stuff that I did with, uh, with them at the beginning or even with the athletes just coming back that they were, they were uh, out of shape uh, because I don't know what kind of effect it what kind of toll it took on on their lungs and of course what kind of toll it took on their on their heart so it's going to be a very very slow transition uh for her and for any athletes that you know hopefully knock on wood none of them uh no other athlete uh, gets it but it's going to be a slow transition of getting them back into uh getting their aerobic capacity uh back their strength uh, they're, I'm not really worried about their improving their power and speed and all that stuff. I just want them to uh, be able to get back in, in be shape, be normal, be able to just jog, run, and then we can focus on the on the more high intense stuff. And with athletes, you know, getting it, it's it's going to be on a very individual basis. So I'm, I'm glad that in the setting that I work, it's it's a much more one on one. So it's not, yeah, I'm not training a, a team of. 70 athletes or 40 athletes or 50 athletes at a time so I can I can spend a little bit more one-on-one time and and make adjustments to each individual program because anyone who gets it some might be really bad and some might be they could be just fine even if they're not asymptomatic if they do get uh, symptoms I do have a friend who uh, worked at the University of Florida International University and he also got it, and same thing. He called me, and of course, you know, he was keeping me updated on how he was feeling. And same thing. This is a guy who's been training for years and years and years, and just going back to the gym, he was out of breath doing just a warm up. 
So when you're that out of shape, not out of shape, when you're when you're that out of breath, just doing a warm up and basic stuff, just body weight stuff, uh, you have to take a different approach when it comes to when it comes to the training. And for athletes that are coming back, uh, professional athletes, uh, collegiate athletes, uh, I, I'm I'm 100% sure that they don't just go back into training. They they probably have a protocol as well where they go with the athletic trainers, you know, the physicians are probably looking at them, even doing uh, stuff like, uh, like I mentioned, the heart, maybe even doing a, uh, doing an EKG on them to see if what if anything was affected, and then just go take it day by day, week by week. Oh, that's uh, a good point, because uh, I, mean, I hope they do that, mm-hmm. because if they don't, then on the other side, you're asking these athletes to rush back and to come back when maybe they're not ready. And right. that's, that's a really worrying thing right there. If, if you're having athletes come back right away, and I understand everybody's, everybody wants to win, everybody wants to compete, everybody wants to play in all these sports that are going on right now. But if you're rushing everybody back, are you really doing the right thing? I mean, it right. seems kind of contradictory to what we've been told right now mm-hmm. by everything going on. Right, and and it's not go- just coming back from uh, just any sickness. You know, like the if you get a cold, if you had a, a stomach bug, uh, the flu. I mean, I've, I've had athletes who've had all of those. You know, come back like oh, of course they're you know they're gone for a week, sometimes even two weeks. You know, depending on on how sick they were. But this is something something com- completely different, and so it's going to be. Uh, certain in individuals with uh, uh, even if they have some like sickle cell trait or if they have a uh, uh, asthma uh, I mean they're they're gonna come back and it's gonna affect them very very differently to someone who's completely uh, they don't have any any of those issues so it's it's gonna vary by uh, by every uh, every athlete uh, if Ruben, if you have a question, you feel free to jump in. But Armando, what about the the heart condition is worrying, man. I, that, that's worrying me, especially for some of these young yeah. athletes. Uh, you know, with with that, again, it, it comes on a very individual basis, uh, and of course, they have to be looked at by by physicians. And you know, we've had athletes who, in the past, you know, even before this, who have had. You've seen videos, I'm sure, of athletes that are playing basketball. Uh, That's the one that comes to mind that I saw a few years ago. But even playing football, and they're playing, and then they just they just drop. Mm -hmm. So of course, there's there's an underlying uh, heart condition there that people didn't know about it, and and the athlete didn't know about it. So if if there's some type of underlying heart condition, and this, of course, as far as is showing that it's affecting not only the lungs but the heart. We don't know what the chronic effects are. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of worrying because uh, every athlete, I feel, no matter how how young or, or old they are, they should be taking it seriously and and should be aware of uh, the effects that it could have in the in the short term, acute, and then the the chronic long term. So uh, I think those athletes really really need to uh, pay attention to that and and be looked at by some physicians. And of course, like I mentioned for the for the professional athletes, I'm sure they're getting looked at by, uh, they, they, I'm sure they go through a whole protocol and, and physicians are looking at them and monitoring their uh, uh, the recovery and uh, going as far as maybe doing VO2 maxes later on, uh, some type of metabolic test, something, uh, EKG, whatever it is. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with uh, with 
indoor versus outdoor i know everybody has conversations about you know what can what you should be playing in, what you shouldn't be playing in have, have you guys seen anything or you know read up on anything like that i know um here locally at least the idea was indoor sporting events like volleyball would have limited spectators whereas outdoor events like football or soccer might allow more fans in especially at the professional level uh as far as now the new regulations go uh no no spectators are allowed to any of these sporting events uh, as of right now because of the local uh, spike in cases. Oh, they changed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, I guess at the high school level, it, it's district mandate. Like, so it's up to the district. So the district can say whether or not, and all the major districts like EPISD, Ysleta, and Socorro ISD have all said that they will not have spectators at their events uh, beside um, you know, authorized personnel. And then on the other side, they've allowed professional sports in, in El Paso, like the locomotive and the miners, to host fans at a limited capacity. So I, I just find the indoor-outdoor thing kind of interesting to me, especially because they want to try to cancel some and they want to uh, extend others that are outdoor, whereas indoors they're trying to suspend all those. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of worth an interesting, you know, interesting point right there. Um, I think when it comes to indoor and outdoor, I'm, I'm just going to look at it as logistically, there's probably more space to sp- spread people out when it comes yeah. to outdoors. You know, the the whether it's a stadium or bleachers, they're probably going to be able to spread people out. Whereas uh, volleyball gyms or, or basketball gyms, you're going to be in uh, close quarters. Uh, there's not a whole lot of, especially if a lot of parents come and brothers and sisters, you're not going to be able to spread them out as much as you're going to be on a stadium. So I, that's my take on it, that mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's perhaps, you know, with, with outdoor sports, I think it's, it's, it's more easy to manage that. You know, once we get into, I think, baseball and softball season and, and track season and, of course, cross country, I mean, you're going to be able to spread people out just fine. I think it's more manageable than if you were to do a sport like volleyball, basketball, and even wrestling, for that matter. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's going to be – I mean, that I, one's the most – yeah, you're I mean, right there. <laughs> I think I think that's the one that's going to be. It's it more than likely it's going to go. I mean, you're you're as close as you can get to someone when it comes to to a sport uh, when you're doing wrestling. So uh, that's my take on it. That for outdoors, you're you're going to have more space to spread people out. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of weird, man. Right. I mean, yeah. everything's going to involve some type of contact. So it's just really, mm-hmm. how can you really minimize the. I guess with liability or the that's true yeah with so much contact how are you gonna how are you gonna limit all the contact that you actually have or anything like that? it's impossible and I guess maybe the one thing the underlying thing is maybe you can hope that these school districts or um, like just uh, excuse me so I hope these school districts replicate exactly what the professionals are doing now that the resources are more accessible Mm -hmm. and that is testing at a higher rate and look YISD and Fabens uh, recently opted into a rapid testing program for mm-hmm. all its students and faculty members, which is great because they're going to be, uh, they will have access to rapid testing. But on the other side, what if EPISD and Socorro ISD also had some form of testing for their athletes for where their athletes, they yeah. could just find out and isolate the players? Maybe mm-hmm. that could lead to less cancellations. I, I don't know. It's just a, it's a really <clears throat> tough situation, you know. Yeah, no, I, I I agree. It's uh, that's more politics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that, that's, that's very that's very much up to 
up to the district. But if if they were able to do it just like the the professional athletes are doing it, where they're getting tested, I mean, so often, uh, yeah, I, I think that would lead to definitely more cancellations. And you know, one one thing that just it, it boggles my mind that it, no one gets told, not even the the players. No one gets told who, if someone, if a case comes up, right, and you're just told one of your teammates tested positive, well, you don't know who it is. Right. And I, I, uh, I know it's confidential, but I think just if they could know and, and then we could know who it was, if you had contact with them, at least you can eliminate some people yeah. and, and still test everyone, of course. So I think that would, that would definitely help out as far as uh, managing – this whole thing and and not being so many uh, cancellations not only game cancellations but practice cancellations because then you're suspending everything for two weeks or or more if you know if they come back positive so if you can if you can test more often just like you're doing with professional athletes athletes can just keep going keep going can go and actually finish their season and not go through this roller coaster of go for a week or two and then you're off for two weeks and then go for a week or two and then you're off for two weeks it's just all over the place so it, 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 it'll keep the athletes ready, and it'll keep them also injury-free uh, when it comes to that. So. Yeah, the, the, con- the confidentiality is a weird one right there. Yeah. I have no clue. How would, how would you do it um, if you had athletes that were, you know, can get to the next level, and they had, you know, good uh, looks the year before, and, you know, since they're not playing, I mean, what – how is there enough film that's a good point you know like how, how are you doing that would you just isolate you know the people that have had looks and put them in a combine by themselves like you that's know that, that i've always wondered that because i know like i said a bunch of kids that were reaching the peak and then like now they're like oh well i don't know if i'm gonna get a, a scholarship anymore they just have to rely on their old footage exactly from, uh, from yeah that's, a, that's a really good point because you know you see i'll give two good examples one is uh east lakes or i and alivas yeah, uh quarterback absolutely. who is a senior this year he was on the fringe right there as like a division one or an fcs core uh quarterback both division one fbs mm-hmm. or fcs quarterback and where he would land he got the offer from houston baptist mm-hmm. decided to take it which is great because they've got a quarterback right now in bailey zappy who's uh perennial NFL draft prospect, which is huge for a FCS program. And for them to look at Orion Olivas and extend an offer to him just shows what kind of work he's put in. But I know that there had been coaches who wanted an extra year from Orion Olivas and just to watch and see what kind of player he became. But instead of relying on this year being played, Orion Olivas took it upon himself to go into the offseason, work out at a high level, and mm-hmm. post all these pictures and photos sure. and videos all over social media to try to get more attention his way. Uh, And then number two, as far as an example goes, K.J. Lewis, one of the top prospects in boys' varsity basketball here locally, uh, plays for Chapin. He's just a sophomore, and you might think, well, a guy from the class of 2023, he doesn't need to worry right now about recruitment. He can worry about that next year, you know? There's no way. you got to as soon as possible. Exactly. And this guy, he doesn't just want to be one of the best in El Paso, wants to be just one of the best in the state. He wants 
to be one of the best in the country. I mm. mean, that's where he has his eyes set on. And this right, past right, right. week, you know, he got uh, he got the recognition and the honor to uh, be a part of the McDonald's All-American uh, team out of the class of 2023. That means he's one of the top 25 prospects across the country. And, you know, you're talking NBA names, NBA hopefuls oh, in that absolutely. conversation. So it's huge. Mr. Lewis, if you're reading this, come see Mr. Aguilar at Physical Athletics. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a promotion. <laughs> Uh, no, you know, both of those athletes, you know, they've worked very hard. You know, I, had, I did have the pleasure of working with Orion, and he is an amazing athlete. athlete. He's an amazing young man, and I know he's been putting in the work, uh, and, it, and, it, and it shows. You know, he obviously, he's determined to make it into the next level, and, and, and he's got, you know, his offer, like, like you said, to uh, Houston Baptist. Uh, but when it comes to the athletes that, like you said, they, they you know, you have, you're going to have to rely on if, if – this year, just they couldn't get any footage or any, any film for whatever sport they uh, they play. Then you're probably going to have to rely on on the years prior and the coaches. Uh, if, you know, usually coaches already start looking at you if you're really a solid athlete. You, they start looking at you your junior year, yeah. sophomore, junior, depending on on your stats. And you know, this gentleman, uh, uh, basketball player, he's a sophomore. So I mean, there, I'm sure there's there's uh, coaches out there already looking at him, oh, yeah. which is so so. It's not to 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 discourage them, and and say, well, you know, you're you're. Your senior year, you lost it, or your junior year, then you you lost your your chances. If you're a good good enough player, I think coaches will will still look at you, uh, mm-hmm. and will definitely rely on. Uh, will de- more and more coaches, collegiate coaches, will rely on the high school coaches' input. You know, tell me about this young man. Uh, what what can you tell me? You know, of course, we lost this year, or we weren't able to look at him. You know this is what I'm looking for. I've seen some of the, some of the game footage from previous years and just kind of rely, really rely on that. But the maturity, like from the game aspect, like for example, as a sophomore basketball player, I think I didn't really mature until my senior year. Mm. So like you, you really got to see the growth firsthand of like certain athletes and like that break. Like you, you just never know if like, man, what if that was your breakout year? Yeah. You get, you know what That's I'm saying? True. And it's like, man, like, well, why don't you just put this kid or other kids in like one uh, combine and put them all against each other or, you know, just have film for them to keep moving forward and progressing. That yeah. way they don't lose that opportunity to keep pushing out film. You get me? No, that's a great point, too, because uh, our friends at the Greater El Paso Football Showcase, they have the annual all-star game for football, mm-hmm. and that's a great – actually, that's probably one of the best places where senior athletes get noticed. Mm-hmm. And those senior athletes who might be, you know, on the fringe, mm-hmm. and that's the big thing is if you've got an athlete who's on the fringe, just on the bubble of scholarship versus exactly. not, uh, walk-on versus mm-hmm. getting a scholarship and getting some of your tuition paid for at the next level, that's who these – that's who this really helps uh that last senior year that the the footage that you're able to accumulate throughout the season and then we haven't even talked about the ncaa who is facing something right now that's so unique we've never seen before where they're extending an extra year of eligibility for all of its athletes as of right now you know your fall athletes and your winter athletes are going to be um you know they're going to be on scholarship next year as well so how many openings will be available at these colleges or if you you're one of these colleges who might need a ton of people uh how tough will it be to kind of go between all these different yeah. footages and just have to rely on old film i think it's tough i, yeah. I really do and 
if okay, let's say I'm a college recruiter, and it's I, if I'm a lot of manpower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I was a if I was somebody who's scouting somebody, uh, and it's between Texas kid who played a full season or a, a Colorado kid or a New Mexico kid who didn't play a full season. I'm sorry. I'm taking the guy yeah, who played recent, and it's sad. It's really sad for some of these senior athletes who aren't getting able to compete in other states, or for some of these athletes who might have wanted to go to this university, but there's just simply not a scholarship available. Mm-hmm. I I think later on down the road, I think we're they're definitely going to have to rely on uh, making sure that if they didn't make it, and if their goal really is to make it to that college, you know, even local kids who want to. Uh, make it into go go to go to UTEP and play for the team, you know, just to keep training and go through the walk-on tryouts, like like you you know like you mentioned. So I, I think that's going to become uh, if if the teams are really that full and they're extending it for another year, and you know those seniors are going to stick around for longer, then you know they're just gonna have to play the waiting game uh, there's just no no super seniors as they say there's no other choice you know if that's if that really is the case but if if they're in touch with the coaches i'm sure the coaches can say you know i'm definitely interested but you know because of the circumstances that we're in right now this is what we're looking at and the roster is full but next year if you keep training you know uh, come to the practices come look at them and because I, I know some some high school seniors you know will of course go uh here in town they'll they'll go they'll go watch the practices for for utep and you know during the spring spring uh, uh season so i think the going that route might be the best way to go down the line uh, there's just no other i don't think there's any it's any other way to do it let me put just a scenario let me put a scenario in in your court right here i'm a kid or a high school athlete um, had a great junior year, or had a you know decent on my way to a scholarship offer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, season gets canceled. Um, mom and dad, you know, are very par- uh, paranoid about the, the virus. Mm-hmm. Stay at home, gain twenty pounds. Next year, there's no season, right? So the you have to report to college, whatever. The college coaches are kind of expecting. Let's say I'm a six five, two hundred and twenty pounds. Now I gained 20 pounds, 240. I'm a quarterback, receiver, whatever they, and now they're like, well, what if you were never back to that level of as you were as an athlete, you know? So it's like, what can we do in that middle to kind of help? That's a good point. And I think that at that point, the 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 coach might just say, you know what, I'll, I'm just happy with what I've got. I, I'll take a walk on mm-hmm. I'll take people, but I'm not going to waste a scholarship on anybody. And it could be uh, it could be a college, you know, here locally. It could be anybody around at a at a Division two or Division three level. It could be anybody. And that's the sad thing. I just – I feel bad because I don't want these athletes to be discouraged exactly. by this. And it, it's just affecting these seniors. It mm-hmm. really is. It really is affecting this class more than anybody. And, and the class is below it too because um all the i mean you can't add an extra year of eligibility to everybody in college and Mm -hmm. then expect everything to just go back to normal after one year no it's it's going to take time for all these scholarships to kind of go back out kind of uh go all the way through and stuff unless the ncaa increases its scholarship amount or cap which they might have to yeah that's that's a i'd you know one of the things that of course we're talking about scholarships one of the things things that I think I haven't done too much too much research on this but one of the things that we might have to look at is 
with this whole pandemic, uh, it's affected, of course, the country economically mm-hmm. right? from from the very top to the very bottom. So, and and that does not ex- uh, exclude uh, colleges. So, if the colleges are not getting uh, that money in from uh, spectators, then they won't have as much money to perhaps uh, give scholarships. So they might either limit the number of scholarships, whatever number they have right now, they might keep it depending on how big of a university it is. Or if they have a a much smaller program, they might have to cut some scholarships and might go from full ride to perhaps partial, you know, three quarters or just tuition and books or uh, room and board, whatever, whatever they might, it might be. So I think, uh, you know, and of course they have to keep the the coaches on staff and paid. You know, make sure that no one gets gets fired or furloughed. And if it does happen, you know, that's that's unfortunate. So I think when it comes to scholarships, um, I think they're going to either limit it or possibly down the road, depending on how each college is affected, they might actually decrease it. You know, mm-hmm. when you have when you have schools like uh, Alabama, LSU, you know, all these SEC schools that bring in, you know. Millions. Eight, I mean, for a game, I mean, you have 50,000, 60,000, 70, 80, 90,000 spectators. I mean, that brings in, and that's assuming that just each ticket is average, you know, 30 to $50. Low that's average. not including the, the VIPs and the, you know, all that stuff. Concessions, merch, Absolutely. all that thing. So if that whole thing goes down, uh, then they're not going to have the funds to, to do a, a lot of stuff. Yeah, that's a good point. And with that, uh, gosh, you you also wonder, like, um, I mean, this is opening up a whole other can of worms, but wouldn't the NCAA be pressured into paying its athletes at that point? Like allowing, at least, this is the minimum part, watch, at least allowing them to profit off their likeness. Because if you're an Alabama athlete or whoever, whichever athlete out there, and they're going to say, you're going to get a partial scholarship, however, you can do this, this, and this to maximize your potential and or to maximize your likeness. And you can get sponsored for your certain things. We'll take a track athlete just to make it easy. Track athlete out there might not be on full scholarship even now, even before the pandemic. Well, why not allow the athlete to sign with some of these shoe brand companies, some of these, yeah. some of these supplement companies, mm-hmm. or just something to get them apparel, clothing, gear to help? Yeah, yeah, I think that would be maybe the way that they can go around something like, or at least, um, gosh, you know, benefit a little bit in this in this tough time. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. I wouldn't know how to really answer that one because that's that's politics again you know but i mean if as an athlete i i'd fight for that to be honest with you be like hey man i mean you're cutting my scholarship i need to eat somehow how are these players supposed to eat i mean that's a good point too i mean some of these uh athletes come from small towns that you know uh family isn't you know really wealthy i mean and that's their meal ticket you know so i'm all for that to be honest with you any way a, a player can eat and and help themselves the way it should be, I think that's how it should be. But that's just my personal opinion. You know, when when I was uh, when I was working in the college, that that's one topic that always you know I think it's come up for for quite a number of years now that sure. athletes do want to uh, whether it's their D one athletes all the way down to to D three. Of course, they want to get paid just based on the the work that they put in, the number of hours, which is it's it's a lot of hours that they they have to put in. And going back into how this could affect the colleges uh, economically, if if their scholarship does go down 
and perhaps a school can't even uh, perhaps afford to to provide them with all the gear then then I think it it, it would be uh, a smart decision for them to perhaps let them get some t- some type of sponsor uh, sponsorships like you're saying for mm-hmm. either supplements or uh, uh, clothing uh, gear just whatever it is any way they, they could they could afford to still go to college pay pay their tuition pay for their books room and board uh, you know dorms aren't cheap so no. I, I think that's besides tuition room and board is definitely one of the most expensive ones uh, and then of course going on with books and and uh, and eating so I, th- I think that would be a smart route to uh, to take going that way mm-hmm. with, with that well well guys I, I think that you know, we've we've talked a lot of doom and gloom today. We've talked a lot of <laughs> negative parts. Oh, the holidays are coming, right? Oh, I know. <laughs> but let, let's end on a good note, and I'll, I'll get both of your all's perspective from this. I mean, as we kind of navigate through the pandemic, you can also make a lot of positives to this. You can use this time, maybe some extra downtime, to work on your body and you know work on your physical attributes and stuff. And maybe this could be you can use the pandemic or use the extra time that people might have during this to actually improve your own life or maybe help you reset your priorities as far as what you should be doing in life mm-hmm. yeah man i mean like i said for me it was kind of a blessing uh opened a new business you know so it was uh definitely i guess as i always say everything happens the way it's supposed to um and in my opinion then just use this time to go harder read an extra book um listen to that extra podcast run that extra mile Things like that. So, um, yeah, man, I mean, it, it's just really in, in how you look at things. And for me, it's always doing the, the extra work. I agree. I mean, I, I think everyone could use this from athletes to just uh, general population, use this time to, to grow and and to stay active. You know, I, I'm definitely going to advocate for that. Uh, just staying active and, and exercising will keep boosting your immune system, right? And if you're exercising, more than likely you're going to be paying attention to what you're going to eat. Uh, so you're going to be eating uh, healthier things that are also going to help uh, keep boosting your immune system. So I think I'm definitely going to advocate for uh, people to stay active as much as they can, however they can, whether it's at the park, uh, you know, if they go to the gym, of course, be careful. Uh, but just any way they can to, to stay active. Guys, episode two's in the books. We did it. <laughs> We're done with off. two. <laughs> All right. Appreciate hey, you, Adrian. No, appreciate you guys. This is, this is a lot of fun. And mm-hmm. uh, episode three, right around the corner next week. We'll get, we'll get on a lighter note next week. Yes, right? yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was We're, thinking... We'll... <laughs> we'll talk about those. I was waiting for the piano to start playing when I was talking. <laughs> the Halloween theme song? Yeah. Oh, man. Well, hey, for Armando Aguilar, Director of Strength and Conditioning at Physical Athletics, for Ruben Archuleta, the CEO, owner of AIC Supplements, and me, Adrian Bratis, we're saying so long. Thanks for listening. Like, subscribe, and share with your friends here on the Physical Athletics Podcast uh, right here. You can follow us on Spotify, on Anchor, also on iTunes coming up here soon.